There we go, we're live. Ooh, ooh, I didn't know we were gonna make it, but we are live. This is the Gambling Shack. I am Robert Harris Jr., aka Bobby Beats. Uh, you follow me on Twitter at Robo Harris Jr. Follow my main man, Gabe Myers, G underscore Myers33 for the live Twitter. Gabe, we back. A uh, great week for both of us. Um, honestly, collectively. You know, I just hate we were wrong about the Tennessee pick, though. But, you know, we we yeah. were. Well, when you said Tennessee, I was like, no, I hit the Titans, but you were talking about college football. Yeah, we yeah. were very wrong there. <laughs> What's crazy, so it was only 27-13, and actually Tennessee had a chance to cover there in, the, like, the last minutes of the game if they would have scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a chance to cover there. Obviously, they didn't. Um, but I was, like, watch, you know, keeping up with the game. It's like they shouldn't have even – like the game felt like it was forty-five to six. Yeah, it, it really did. It, it really did. So that that was the funny thing to me is like you're there. It's like, shoot, this still might cover, even though like you already kind of ride off as a loss. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, but yeah, outside outside of that, good week. Uh, personally, one of my weirdest weeks gambling. I we texted about this behind the scenes. So I got a couple numbers switched on me at the sports book I bet on. I'm still upset about it. I'm gonna throw a fit when I go in there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, or we'll go Friday, probably Friday. I'm gonna throw a fit when I go in there Friday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, I had two pushes personally this week. Still had a winning week, still had a really good week. Um, shout out to Baltimore and to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, shout out to Tom Brady for coming back there at the end, getting me one of the getting me a push right there. I couldn't get the two and a half number I wanted mm-hmm. on that one. I couldn't get the number I wanted there. So it was trending there all week. It some books had it at two and a half. I couldn't get it at two and a half personally. Washington, three and a half Washington was freaking perfect. And the Buffalo Thunder Sportsbook screwed me. So they're going to they're gonna hear from me this week, Rob. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't matter because you know what? I'm going to be in the NFL this week, Rob. Five and oh. I believe gonna, in you. I believe in you. I'm, I'm going to be five and oh this week. I've had a five and oh week yet. It's coming. This is the week. I mean, we're seeing the NFL pretty well as a unit collectively. For the season, looking at our total season record. Uh, so, I mean, I think we're we going to dive into it. And uh, the college football playoff rankings has been shaken up just a little bit. Just, no, I'm, I'm joking. It's, it's been shaken up a lot. Uh, I think we could kiss Alabama goodbye. I think after losing to LSU, losing to Well, Tennessee. their only pass back is if LSU loses two games. Two yeah. Three games, which isn't going to. Isn't gonna happen. So yeah, yeah. So he kissed that. Goodbye. <laughs> he, he kissed that goodbye. But uh, I mean, hey, it's a lot of interesting matchups. I think TCU being at four, it reminds me of that 2019 Oklahoma team with Jalen Hurts leading the way. Mm-hmm. And when when Jalen came into his own as a quarterback, you know, uh, due to Lincoln Riley opening up the playbook for him, that team kind of reminds me of that. Like they beating some good teams in the Big Twelve. They, they I mean. Battle, you know, battle with Kansas or whatnot when Kansas were, you know, the talk of the town. I just feel like, you know, Michigan is better. I feel like Ohio State is better. I feel like Georgia is better than TCU. But they deserve to be in the four, though. They deserve to be in that four. Well, I mean, if they, go, if they run a table in the Big 12, they absolutely deserve to be in. Yeah. I think top to bottom, the Big 12 is the toughest conference. I mean, if you talk about like the kind of the aggregate ranking of the teams, mm-hmm. they're the toughest conference top to bottom. There's not an easy win in that conference. 
Um, I, I do want to say this. Rob, I don't see it with Ohio State. Everyone swears to me that Ohio State's good and that C.J. Stroud is good. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio State is incredibly overrated. I think C.J. Stroud is not even a first three-round pick in the NFL draft, much, much less a first-round pick, much less a number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see greatness. With, you know, Northwestern, they can't complete passes. Oh, the wind is blowing. Well, then bully them and run the football. They're losing to Penn State in the third quarter, a Penn State team that Michigan ran for a mile on. Mm-hmm. I'm, maybe Ohio State will beat Michigan in a few weeks. I don't see it with Ohio State. I don't see a great team. I watch Georgia. I see a great team. Um, and I said, man, I'm so mad because after the first couple weeks of the season, I said Georgia's a buzzsaw. Then they're going to compete with them. Then I stupidly picked Tennessee plus eight last week, and I watched <laughs> it. And I'm like, oh. This is the team I watched the first two weeks of the year. That's what a great team looks like. Yeah. Georgia is what a great team looks like. Michigan at times has been what a great team looks like. But they it's still a little inconsistent with them. I don't know if they have the explosiveness that Georgia does. Certainly don't have the collective team speed that Georgia does. Georgia is what a great team looks like. It's Georgia and it's everybody else. You talk about TCU not being there with Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, to me, it's Georgia and everybody else. Versus everybody, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, T- TCU is in a competition with those other teams because TCU is another really good team mm-hmm. among several really good teams, but Georgia's the only great team. Yeah, okay. so that, that's agreeable. That that's yeah. my so that's my college football. Georgia's the one great team in college football. They're the one great team. Everyone else is fighting for second place right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not lying at that. Uh, well, since we're in the college foosball, let's jump right into it. First pick of college football, our number our number one pick. That's just how we do the show now. We get one college football pick, then we jump into NFL, give our one NFL pick, then live dogs, then our best bet of the week, and then rapid fire of the picks we did not give to you guys early on in the show. Well, I guess I start right here. TCU plus seven. That's my best pick right here of college football against UT. It, UT is is good, but it's 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 so much <laughs> it's so much question there. Like, okay, yeah, they beat Kansas State. You know, Kansas State it's pretty solid. I mean, had to back up Will Howard. Well, oh, they had Adrian Martinez back for Kansas yeah, State. Yeah, Adrian Martinez is back. I mean, Kansas State was at full go. but They were at full go, and, and Texas was at full go. But Quinn Ewers, pretty good. It's pretty good. He fits, yeah. that, he fits that offense, what they want to do, open it up. And you can't forget about the, the monster. Top 10 pick in probably the, this upcoming year NFL draft. Next year's upcoming NFL draft, Bijan Robinson. But I, with all that being said, TCU is pretty solid on the defensive end. Played last week against Texas Tech, 34-24. I like what they got going on the offensive side with Dugan. Duggan. Duggan. Max Duggan. Max Duggan. But missing that top guy who I feel like is going to be a future Texans, that's another conversation for another day. Uh, My guy Johnson, he got got hurt on the wide receiver. He didn't really play. He actually did not play. But – Look out for him on the wide. I think he's going to give it a go against UT. But um, no, no, Gabe, something going on. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I, I hey, think I'm he, right next to an ambulance place, so that's yeah. the sound you're hearing. Quentin Johnston, who is 
to me, uh, Houston Texans caliber player all the way, wide out that can get vertical, a wide out that can catch from slant passes. This is all around wide out to me, uh, what I've seen against that game against TCU versus Kansas that game. But back to my point, I just think TCU is focused now. You're in the fourth spot. Everybody's gunning for you, especially in the Big 12, to knock you down. So UT, big matchup here. College game day is in Austin, Texas. So bring the atmosphere, bring all the smoke, and I'm pretty sure Matthew McConaughey is going to be the guest picker. I'm just guessing. But I like TCU, man. I like the offense. They move the ball. They run the ball. And I love the defense. They know how to get to the quarterback. I like Quinn Ewers, but I just think I, I'm about the number. When you do these games, the plus seven, the seven and a half, you just look at the number. And, you, and that's telling you this game might go back and forth just like it did for Texas against Kansas State last Saturday. This might go back and forth. And to me, who got the ball last, I think it'll be TCU. I think they'll make the plays to win this game. So I'm going to call my shot on this game. And you don't mm -hmm. know I'm doing this. So I'm calling my shot. Mm -hmm. This is how to bet this game. I'm with you on TCU plus seven. I think that's going to hit. But this is how you should bet this game. Bet Texas minus four in the first half. Okay. Bet Texas minus four in the first half. Texas is one of the fastest starting teams in the country. TCU, as good as they've been, they've fallen behind. Mm -hmm. Texas also blows leads unlike any team I've ever seen. <laughs> TCU is very good at coming back from halftime deficits. Mm-hmm. Unless Texas is up by three or four touchdowns, which I don't think either of us see happening at halftime, whatever the money line is, bet TCU on the money line for the second half, not for, like to just to win the game. So if TCU's plus two fifty on the money line, bet them on the money line. So bet Texas the first half, then take that money and bet it on TCU on the money line, and that's how you bet this game. Because you have a team that comes back as good or better than any other team in the country against a team that blows leads at a rate unlike anything I've ever seen. Them and the Jacksonville Jaguars, although Jacksonville actually held on to a league last week. Congratulations to them. Um, but the Texas Longhorns, under Steve Sarkeesian, blow leads unlike anybody I've ever seen. And they're going against a team that has over and over again come back from double-digit deficits, from halftime deficits, to win football games. That it's the only conclusion I can draw from these two teams playing. Bet the Longhorns in the first half. Bet them minus four. They're going to be up at least a touchdown, maybe even two. Then they're going to come back. TCU's going to come back and win the game in the second half. That's how this plays out. So I'm calling my shot there. So we're going to make a note here. Texas minus four. Texas minus four in the first half. Followed up with TCU money line. That's how you maximize your money on this game. Or right. you can be safe and do what Rob's doing and do plus seven. That's probably safer, but I'm telling you, my my thing is gonna hit. I like that. I like, I mean, honestly, that's that's veteran moves right there. If you know how UT plays in the first half, they start off early, they start off right, and then the second half they tell off. And you know, like you said, put the money line on TCU if you're that confident and Texas Christian to win in Austin. I like that. Yeah. And it gives you a chance, you know, if Texas starts off too fast, and let's say they're up 24 to three at the half, and it's like, I don't want to bet TCU plus on the money line at that point. Well, then you, you collect your money at halftime then. Mm -hmm. You, know, you got to wait until the end of the game. You collect your money at halftime. So that's, uh, that's my take on this game. My one college pick of the week, 
as always. You know what? Actually, I'm switching it up, Rob. Okay. I'm not going to the SEC. I'm going to go to the Pac-12. We're going to go to Eugene, Oregon. I like Oregon minus 13 and a half against Washington. I think a lot of people have only watched Oregon one time this year, and that's when Georgia did unspeakable things to them in Atlanta the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. But since then, Bo Nix has been a Heisman candidate. Oregon's been the best team in the Pac-12. And they've just been, I mean, dog-walking people. I mean, they have been all over everybody. They're clearly the best team in the Pac-12, clearly the most talented team in the Pac-12 right now. 13 and a half, Washington coming in there. Washington under Caleb DeBoer, they've been getting better. They, they look better now than they looked a year ago. But they don't have the talent to compete with Oregon the way Oregon's playing right now. Dan Lanning quietly has been one of the best coaches in the country over the last couple of months. It's just been so overshadowed because we all saw what happened in the week one against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Well, newsflash, Georgia's the one great team in the country. A lot of teams in week one would have looked the way Oregon did against Georgia. But Oregon looks pretty good right now. They're playing real well. Bo Nix has been one of the best players in all of college football. Oregon's more talented at both lines of scrimmage. They got some playmakers on the outside. They're at home. I like a minus 13 and a half to continue this momentum and continue just steamrolling Pac-12 opponents. I like Oregon minus 13 and a half against UW. Yeah, the Ducks, man, uh, when I watched, I watched them against BYU, they got killed. But they've been playing so much. Uh, they so much. Look, this is gonna be bad English. They've been playing better football uh, in the Pac-12 and in dominating fashion. I mean, scoring a lot of points as well. I see why a lot of the sports books have bet this game, uh, have set the numbers to 74, which I will get in touch with uh, later on in the show. Uh, so I mean, they they've been putting up the points, but the biggest competition, like you said, uh, well, I mean. Recently, it has been or, uh, UCLA. That was their biggest victory. I mean, UCLA 30. went up there, and just I mean, I picked UCLA to go and cover against mm-hmm. Oregon. I thought I might have picked UCLA to outright win on the show, and Oregon just no issue, no problem, just got took care of business against UCLA, made slight work of them. That I mean, I think Oregon's at it shows what another level Georgia is at that Georgia mm-hmm. did at the Oregon, but mm-hmm. Oregon compared to the rest of the Pac-12, I think they're on a different level, even from USC, which. We all love his Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. USC can't play defense. USC's not good at the line of scrimmage. Oregon is. Oregon's a good football team. We just can't get the image of week one out of our heads. And I think that's the problem. And I want to uh, rephrase that comment I made about when Oregon played BYU. They killed BYU 41 to 20. But, I mean, Oregon, they've been scoring over 40 points over their last, I, I mean, Goodness, they they've scored forty points over the last seven games. Yeah, that that is, you know, and this is Bo Nix leading this offense. You know, Bo Nix was laughed out of Auburn. You know, because Bo, Bo Nix couldn't be his dad. He couldn't be his dad, and people expected him to be his dad at Auburn, and he didn't quite fill out to that. And people rolled him off, and he got I, he hurt his knee as well. Bo Nix already has thirty six touchdowns this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has been – take away the Georgia game, he's been as good as any quarterback in the country. Yes. I mean, t- you take away that Georgia game, which we saw Hendon Hooker against Georgia last week, no quarterback looks good against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to look good against Georgia. So, it's like, oh, if we're going to hold that Georgia game over, you know, over, oh, over Oregon, 
Well, then, I mean, we just saw Tennessee and a team that everyone seemed to think was the best team in the country go to Georgia and get whooped. So I, I think we got to – not that we can't evaluate Oregon off that Georgia game. We have to recognize Georgia's just better than everybody else. Okay, fine. What has Oregon done outside of that? Whoop everybody. Mm-hmm. They have dominated everybody besides Georgia – who we're all seeing is just the best team in the country. So, yeah, I'm I'm on Oregon here, minus 13 and a half. They have just dominated. Their one close game was on the road at Washington State. We established Washington State's on a bad team over there with Cam Ward. Um, Mm -hmm. That's been their one close game. Yep. And even then, they put up 40 40 in every game since the Georgia game. Yep. They've put up 40 in every game since. So, yeah, I'm – yeah, I think I'm higher on Oregon than most. We got, we we're we're holding. We can't get the Georgia game out of our heads collectively. I think that's just that was a big national stage game, and like you're saying, like everybody probably just seen that game and said, "Oh, well, I'm done with Oregon." And since then, they just been rolling. Like they've been rolling, rolling, rolling in the Pac-12 and. Yeah, they might put make a push, make a push. That's their only one loss was against Georgia. So yeah, and that you know, hey, it, if it comes down to it, let's say you get an undefeated Big Ten champ, Michigan or Ohio State. Let's say Georgia runs the table from here. Let's say TCU runs the table from here. Although I think that's individually, I can see TCU. Let's say TCU runs the table. Let's just say what. Let's say it. Oregon with one loss, they get in over one loss. Michigan or Ohio State. One loss Tennessee. Does Oregon get in as a one loss Pac 12 champ? What if TCU loses? I think Oregon would get the nod over a one loss Big 12 champ. So something to I, Oregon's playoff, their playoff future, I think, is still, they still have a playoff future. I mm-hmm. think. I think they control their own destiny. I really do. Well, Gabe, let's go across from uh, NIL to pro. Yeah. From NIL to NFL. NIL to NFL. Uh, Great. Like I said, great week for both of us in the NFL. Sorry, Gabe, about what happened at the casino. Um, I'm 5-0 this week. Yeah, yeah. 5-0, that's the goal. We're just trying to give you plays to play. And if you win, you win. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what we're here for. We're just giving our winners. But, um, yeah, great card. Uh, Myself, I went um, three. Yeah, four zero and one, three zero and one here because yeah. I don't do yeah. best bet NFL. Um, yeah, you had a lot of pushes. That's why it was a weird game. There's so many pushes. Yeah, so, so yeah. That pushes. that Atlanta one was hilarious. The big defensive lineman picked up the ball off a fumble, mishandled it, then he fumbled it. And right then back. yeah, and then fumbled it back. I know you had to be in there freaking throwing something against the. And I was like, well, that's the Falcons. Well, and I'm watching that along with the Washington game. And Washington, remember, they get that pick six that gets called back. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, as that happens, I'm like, both our live dogs are going to freaking hit. Mm-hmm. Both our live dogs are going to outright win. And that gets called back. Atlanta's defensive lineman fumbles a football. And here we are. Yep. <laughs> here we are. So let's get into the NFL. I'm, hey. Gabe, you knew I was coming with this. Unfortunately, I did. <laughs> All right. Uh, back on the NFL, I'm back with the Texans. But the first half of the Texans. Texans are 1-6-1 one, one overall record. 
if you've been paying attention, ATS against the spread in the first half, they are six and two covering the first half. Then New York, they playing the Giants. Um, and like this has been the Texans MO all year this season. Play hard in the first half. Forget about the rest of the half. Forget about third and fourth quarter because you forgot how to play. You didn't make any adjustments from halftime. Well, they're just I, not good, Rob. That's no, the issue. Well, that, that too, but, <laughs> you know, but Philly, you know, Let, while I was call, watching. Call while, a spade I, a spade. <laughs> while I was watching game five at, uh, at Big City Wings in Houston, Texas, I'm watching game five of the Astros and Phillies World Series, and um, when that Texan scored the touchdown, everybody said, hey, the Texan scored the touchdown. Yay. Then we were right back watching the Astros. But to that point, it was 14-14 and a half. And Philly really didn't they made they made key plays. They made key plays in the second half. Outscored the Texans with uh 15 to 3. So <laughs> uh, the Texans in the first half, six and two against the number. I like that. They play hard in the second first half, excuse me. So first half plus three against New York Giants. Giants kind of start off slow. They'll keep you in the game, and Giants will yeah, tell off. Giants will tell off in the second half. And uh, I think that's going to be the M.O. I think, you know, don't let the big bright lights fool you, Texans in East Rutherford, New Jersey, you know, MetLife Stadium. Don't let the big lights fool you. It's a one o'clock game. There ain't no lights. All right. All right. Don't <laughs> the let only the lights coming from the sun. I agree with your analysis, though. Yeah. Houston has been, a, you know, their M.O.s aren't going to start fast. Giants have been a slower starting team this year. They mm-hmm. like to run the football. So teams that run the football tend to be better second half football teams. Um, I'm actually with you there. I agree with your logic on Texans plus three. I just hate betting on terrible football teams. <laughs> um, I don't know who's worse, Houston or Carolina. Maybe they can play and settle that for us in the toilet bowl in the final week of the season. Anyway, my I don't know if this is an emotional pick for me because mm-hmm. they – I should have won with them last week, but the casino screwed me and didn't give me the half point that I that was on the board and that I shouldn't whatever. <laughs> I like Washington plus eleven at home against Philadelphia. And I think Philadelphia, certainly after Buffalo, Buffalo's showing that they're flawed. They can't run the football, and that's something that doesn't play well going into the postseason. That's something we talked about on the show before. Buffalo not being able to run the football will hurt them as the season goes on. We're seeing that right now. Now Josh Allen may or may not be hurt. Um, I like Washington plus 11. 11's a lot of points. Mm-hmm. This is a divisional a divisional game. Two teams know each other really, really well. The Washington's going to know what the Eagles want to do. I don't think Washington's going to win this game. But I think 11's a lot of points. It's a team with a really good front seven and a Washington team that with Heineke in there is playing with a little bit of swagger, is playing with a little bit of, you know, their chest puffed out a little bit. I get the home team. I get 11 points. I do think Philly wins the game. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Philly wins the game comfortably. 11 is simply too many points to swallow. I love Washington here, plus the 11. Um, e- easily could see a 30-20 to 20 game, a 27-17 game, a 31-24 game. I Philly's MO has been starting fast and then not – have not doing a ton on offense in the second half. I like Washington plus the 11. This is going to be a dogfight in a division. I think this is going to be a knockdown, dragout game. 
in a division with two teams who pride themselves on physicality, who know each other really well, and that there's a little bit of a rivalry there. I mean, it's a divisional game. I like Washington plus 11. Not saying Washington's a really good team. I think the Eagles are a really good team. They've proven that much. But 11 is too many points in a divisional game. And again, it's not like Washington is, you know, two and seven or some horrible football team. They're four and five. And if a questionable pick six or if a pick six doesn't get called back on a questionable call, they're five and four. Uh They're they're very close to being above 500 here. They're at home. 11 is too many points to give them. I like Washington plus the 11. I'm not mad at that. Uh, like you said, it's a divisional game, and both teams are going to play hard. Uh, this is a different commander team, and like you said, they, they've been they've been covering, they've been winning. With, with games. Heineke, they are a different. And, team. With Heineke, uh, yeah, that's a lot of people say. He I, I don't expect. I did not expect Taylor Heineke to be a quarterback upgrade coming into the season, but here we are. That's just the same same guy <laughs> who left the XFL team to uh, have a crazy playoff run that was ended by Tom Brady. But anyway, that's enough stuff for another day. Uh, divisional game, I like this pick. Uh, Philly's good, but like it could be some bumps and bruises. And, and you got to remember, this Philly team beat down this Washington team in Landover, Maryland, earlier this season, 24-6, I believe that was the final. Uh, so that, you know, that that's some payback action. Uh, that's on Washington's mind. You can't lose a divisional game. It's like a conference game in college football. You don't want to lose those games because you play that team twice a year. So you want to play uh, really hard. So Washington plus 11, that's a solid pick. I like it. Plus team, double-digit underdogs this year have been hitting at like a 75% rate oh. against the spread. Uh-huh. I mean, look at Tennessee and New and the New York Jets last week. Yeah. I mean, both not. I mean, the Jets outright won. Tennessee damn near won. Took Chiefs in the overtime. I mean, <laughs> double digit underdogs this year. And we all, you know, and I think this team is, you saw it with Tennessee and with the Jets last week. And I think the same thing applies to Washington this week. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're double digit underdogs. Typically, if an NFL team is a double digit underdog, that team is horrible. They're dog crap. I mean, they're terrible. Tennessee is going to win the AFC South. The Jets are a playoff team at the moment. Washington mm-hmm. is Washington a good team or even a playoff team? Probably not, but they're not a bad team. They're a mm-hmm. middle of the pack football team. Eleven is a lot of points to be given a team that's I would say probably about league average. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, <laughs> well, here the dogs are barking. Uh, let's go to the live dogs where we pick a team that can outright win and cover the game. Uh, we well, we both West Coast with it. Um, well, well, my West Coast is in Germany. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, you have the floor. <laughs> so, I have Seattle plus three against Tampa Bay. I keep – and I still think Tampa Bay at some point turns it around. I actually think Tampa Bay goes to the Super Bowl out of the NFC still. But I keep waiting for Tampa Bay to be a good football team. And I haven't seen them be a good football team yet. <laughs> I keep waiting for them to be good, but they keep not being good. Now they're going across the pond to Germany this week, playing a Seattle team that – is Seattle a great team? No. But Geno Smith's been an efficient quarterback and has taken care of the football and has used D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and and Noah Fant. And they run the football well with Kenneth Walker. And they play decent defense. They keep you out of the end zone. 
Seattle has things they do well. Are they elite? No, but they have things they do well. Look at Tampa Bay. Rob, they might be the worst red zone offense I've ever seen. True. They watching them the last month. They move the ball fine. Like you know, twenty to twenty, they're fine. They're they're not bad. They're not good. They're fine. Mm-hmm. But in the red zone, they're atrocious. No team turns first and goal into three points with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> no team turns first and goal to three points like Tampa Bay. They don't score touchdowns in the red zone. Where I look at Seattle, and the one thing I can say about them with Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker, when they're in the red zone, they score touchdowns. Because mm-hmm. they can run the football. They have receivers that can get open. They have a good tight end. They have, they're have they multifaceted. Tampa Bay can't run the football at all. Tampa cannot run the football at all. I like Seattle plus a three. I have a team that's really good in the red zone against a team that's horrible in the red zone. And a team that's good in the red zone is a three-point underdog on a neutral field. I would get Tampa Bay minus three if this game was in Seattle or in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I would get it. But on a neutral site, I don't see how Tampa Bay is a field goal better than Seattle right now. I like Seattle to win. They're just so, such a better red zone team. I don't see what Tampa Bay does at a high level right now. Give me Seattle plus three. I think they're going to win this game in in Munich, Germany at Bayern Munich Stadium, Allianz Arena. I think I pronounced that correct. Yeah, I lead uh, the pronunciation to you, Gabe. Uh, I, I think this team is – Especially when it comes to European soccer stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this Tampa Bay team is awful. That game last week against the Rams. Uh, I mean, Rams last in scoring in offense, surprisingly, this season. And Tampa Bay is not too far uh, from official scoring, offensive scoring this season. I think this is a showout game for Brady uh, for across the world. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like this is going to be a big game. I know Seattle is great against the spread of a trend against the number uh, on the front on the spread line. They, the, Seattle has been a fantastic team to I bet on this season. Two. I think and it's because their mm-hmm. expectations were so low coming into the year. Mm-hmm. And it always takes time for you to adjust. And you kind of look at Seattle. Is Seattle a great team? Are they elite? No. Mm-hmm. But they're better than league average. I mean, they certainly – here's the thing. Geno Smith this year has been a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. And we talked about this two, three weeks ago. If you didn't know anything coming into the season, you just watched this year, you'd say, yeah, Geno Smith's top 10 QB. Mm-hmm. This season, he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, and he's playing like it, and they have a good running back behind him. They have two good receivers and a capable tight end. Turns out, hey, Pete Carroll can coach. Um, I wasn't high on Seattle coming into the year, but they're proven to be a good football team. Sure. They look and play like a playoff football team, so that must mean they're a playoff football team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I can agree to that. Low expectations, and they've been beating teams surprisingly that they weren't supposed to beat. And like I said, against the number, I think they are six and two yeah. for the season. And it's not just number. beating teams mm-hmm. that they're supposed to beat, like teams like Arizona, who's like you know kind of a middle of the pack team as well. They go and just ha- take care of business, mm-hmm. do what they're supposed to do against those type of teams. I think that's what you often see with a team like Seattle who overachieves you could say it's like oh they'll pull off some upset like we thought seattle over denver was in week one so mm-hmm. pull off an upset and then they'll go and play at carolina and lose or something like that yeah but that yeah, hasn't been seattle this year they've been ta- they've been taking care of business they've been doing what playoff teams do mm-hmm. so that i think seattle i think they're still a little underrated even though we're in what week nine <laughs> <laughs> yeah week, week nine um 
Uh, week 10, excuse us. Or week, uh, week, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever week it is. We're in November. <laughs> week 10 of the NFL season. Uh, so this game here, I'm going for the number. Sunday night matchup. Uh, give me the L.A. Chargers plus seven at San Francisco. Just one of those games where I just think the Chargers just got a snap out of it. They've been getting by on a lot of games. Like we said about the Atlanta game. If the defensive lineman didn't mishandle his the, the football, like they would have probably lost that game. But I think with Keenan Allen coming back, he didn't practice uh, on Wednesday, but he's most likely to go. I think that's what Justin Herbert needs. He needs a go-to wide receiver. He's missing. I mean, he's missed a ton of guys this season. I think he just needed that one-man wide receiver to come back, and everything will flow. I, I think it's just the offense just has a stagnant movement to it. And the defensive side, we all know Bosa is out for the year. But they still are attacking with Kenneth Murray and Khalil Mack. They're still getting there, but it's just it's just not clicking on the offensive side. And I think Justin Herbert just needs a main guy to go to. So when he gets Keenan Allen back this week, I think this is a good matchup for him out on the West Coast, out there in uh, Levi Stadium in San Francisco. 49ers, I don't know, just they look good sometimes, then they don't look good at times. It just – yeah, you know, there's a lot of questions going on, but uh, I like this team coming off a bye. I mean, they did dominate against LA Rams, but that's the LA. Rams. I, I'm <laughs> not gonna let you get away with this. We're talking about. The, here's what I'm not gonna let you get. You don't know what I'm gonna say yet. Oh, I'm not gonna let you get away with saying, "Oh, well, the Niners look good sometimes and don't look good sometimes," and talk about the Chargers like they're some consistent team. <laughs> you know, they're getting every week. I'm not gonna let you do that. I'm not gonna let you mislead our audience. That all way. right, all right. So, Both teams have looked horrible, <laughs> uh, but you know it's it's just one of those situations where like, okay, who's gonna snap out of it on Sunday Night Football when the lights are bright, primetime game? I like Chargers plus seven. I think they can pull out a victory. I like the number. Honestly, but so, I really believe they could pull out this video. The, the number's tempting, and especially when you consider you get Justin Herbert and the Niners have Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. The Niners have Kyle Shanahan, and the Chargers have Brandon Staley. I'm not sure how much of a downgrade I am over Brandon Staley at this point. <laughs> I, I think Brandon Staley is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. I also think the 49ers, if you're a team that's struggling – Along the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. you do not want to play the San Francisco 49ers. And along both lines of scrimmage, the Chargers are struggling with injuries. Chargers are not a super physical team. Niners are a very physical team. I think seven's a lot of points. And I look at this game, and I, that's kind of my reaction is Chargers plus seven. But there, I simply do not trust the Chargers. And also, remember, the Niners, the first the first week they had McCaffrey, they played the Chiefs. They got beat by the Chiefs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Chiefs made a lot of teams look bad with Mahomes and Andy Reid and guys. But we saw them against the Rams and just, I mean, just swing a sledgehammer against the Rams. Then they have the bye week. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that now with McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle and a healthy defense, is it possible the Niners are now, outside of the Eagles, the best team in the NFC? I, I think it's possible. It's possible. That, that I think it's possible. Seven, I I lean with you on a plus seven, but Staley is such a liability at head coach. Mm-hmm. I watch the Chargers. I don't think they know what the hell they're doing. Um, such a liability to head coach. And 
I think it's really possible that we're about to see the Niners. In four weeks from now, we're going to be saying, oh, man, the Niners at Thanksgiving, we're going to be at our Thanksgiving table. You and I will be talking to our families. You know what? You know what, Auntie? I think the I think the Niners are an elite football team. <laughs> the Niners are a real Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not saying that right now because they're four and four, and we've kind of seen them go up and down. Remember last year, late in the season, the Niners—that's when they got it going. That's when they got hot. Made a run to the NFC title game. There's a very real possibility you see that again from the Niners this year, coming back from the bye, getting see uh, McCaffrey fully uh, involved into the offense. Um, now, they still have Jimmy Garoppolo, who can lose any game. But that's my – I think with the Niners, our perception of them right now is going to be very different from our perception of them when we're sitting around Thanksgiving table in a couple of weeks. So that's my worry about betting against the Niners right now is I, I have a feeling they're about to take off. Nice take. Nice take. Well – Let's wrap it up with the best bet. Well, not wrap it up, but let's get to the best bet of the week. Uh, the stick is, the gig is, the B-I-T, the bit is, there goes pro, NFL, I go college. Both 1-0 last week. Great pick with Baltimore Gabe. I mean, they made Andy Dalton look like he was back at TCU. Well, he was good at TCU. Don't you? He was good at TCU. He, he won a rope ball at TCU. He, yeah, he, yeah he, was, he was really good at TCU. But uh, it just it just felt like man, Andy Andy Dalton was out of his prom, and James Winston is a healthy scratch. So it's just it's it's weird what's going on in New Orleans. Man, I tell you, the Saints might be the most unattractive job as far as like coaching slash general manager in mm-hmm. the league. The Eagles own their first round pick. Yeah, and all the Saints' best players are Alvin Kamara, who's a twenty eight year old running back. Cam Jordan, who's about to be thirty four years old. Same with Demario Davis. So that Saints job is not looking super attractive right now. It's not. Um, and for me on the college uh, take, I had uh, UTSA. Uh, really overtime battle with UAB. 44-38 victory. Uh, those road runners, they just keep winning. That, just that's keep good winning. for your overpick. Did you pick over or did you pick UTSA? On no, I just picked UTSA. Uh, oh, okay. One. I didn't. I, I could have. I thought about it, but I didn't think UAB was. Well, you got a lot of overs lately. You've got – you, you, I mean, just not just best bet, but in general, you've just done a lot of. <laughs> yeah, so well, we, well, I mean, I shouldn't say over. So you have picked under, but you've done you've done a lot of totals. I've done a lot of totals. You've Chris. done a lot of totals. Done a lot of totals. I, yeah. I stick to points, but you you like the totals, man. But it's been working for you. Been working. Can't knock it. It's, it's been working for you. So we're gonna go to the conference USA. Another game in the dark that a lot of people are not gonna watch, but Western Kentucky Rice over sixty one and a half. I watch Western Kentucky. I don't I, when it's college football on on Saturdays. I'm flipping the screen and just trying to find something that will enthuse me. Western Kentucky beat Charlotte last week, fifty nine to seven. This Rice team is better. Uh, they've won five games. Uh, I think this is the first time in since twenty fifteen. Uh, I was mad at Rice last week because I had a wager and um. They they bad beating me. I had Utah plus four, and uh, I was like, okay, Rice is kick a field goal. It was thirty to thirty. I like just kick a field goal. Oh, give me the cover. I did see this. They called timeout with thirty seconds left, and I was like, oh, they're going for the end zone. They were, I knew right then they were going for the. They had no timeouts left. I said they're going for the end zone. They're trying to score. Quarterback drop back. Throws a go route. 
wide receiver catches it. That's pretty much the game. And UTEP was mad because they started to fight at the middle of the field. But that's another story for another day. Um, like I said, this, this Rice team is – I mean, we did Texas team totals for college football uh, to kick off the gambling shake. And Rice was at three and a half total wins for the season. They've out they've out got they've won five games. They cashed that ticket if you're holding that Rice Owls. Uh total wins uh for the season. Uh like I said, this offense is moving. Rice is averaging 30 points a game. They never average 30 points a game, honestly. They they believe are allowing 33 points a game. But this Western Kentucky scheme, 37 points. I believe it's just the offense, honestly. Bailey Zappi transferred from Houston Baptist, now Houston Christian, to the Hilltoppers, Western Kentucky, last year. And he threw 60 touchdowns, threw 62. He set a, a single-season record. The quarterback this season, Austin Reed, has thrown 28 touchdowns so far with over 3,000 yards. I think that's probably at least top five in college football and touchdown passes this season. They don't really run the ball a lot at Western Kentucky. It's pretty much an air raid offense. Uh, up and down the field, up and down the field. They got great wide receivers that can get open. They're quick. They're not big in size, but once they catch the ball, they make a move and they're gone. And I, like I said, Rice can Rice can score too. Rice can put up some points too. They now move uh, Christian McCaffrey, brother Luke McCaffrey. Said, "Hey, bro, you can't play quarterback, but you can play wide receiver because your daddy is Ed McCaffrey, <laughs> and he balling too. He got hurt in that Utah game. Hopefully." He, he plays uh, this upcoming Saturday against the West Kentucky. But I love the over because both teams just go, 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 go. And who going to have the ball last in the possession wins this game? I think it's going to be an over, over fest, 61 and a half. Well, and then also, yeah, 61 is not a huge – that's not a huge number for an over either. Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, that's something you got going for you there is it's not, you know, you're not asking for – you're not asking for both for a team to clear 40 there. Uh 61's a much easier um uh, a much easier hit than a 71 or a 77. Um we'll see. I have I don't watch food play football, therefore I don't watch rice play football. Um gotta beat food. Um anyway, my best bet of the week. I am betting against the Houston Texans because they are a terrible football team. I want. I also want them to make the number one pick and draft Bryce Young, um, but we don't have to discuss that right now. I the Giants minus four and a half. I actually do like your first half Texans play. It's kind of in the Giants' mo this year. So so in the first half and really turn it on third and fourth quarter. Um, the Giants. Do I think the Giants are like a really really good football team? No, but I think they're well coached. They haven't made a lot of mistakes, and Saquon Barkley has been one of the best and most valuable players in the NFL this season. Daniel Jones actually taking care of the football. I think the Giants are going to win and cover the four and a half by simply not losing the game. Because they've been really good at not losing games this year, while the Texans have just seemingly shot themselves in the foot quite a bit. Also with Houston, I mean, Brandon Cooks, is he ever going to come back or is he just going to continue sulking over not getting traded and, What's their serious situation like? The Giants are good across the defensive line. Their offensive line has played very well this year. The Giants minus four and a half. I'm with you on your first half thing. Could see this being, you know, 10 to 10 or something like that at halftime with the Giants just pulling away late. I think Houston, like I said, the Giants have done a great job of not losing games this year. Mm -hmm. Houston's going to lose the game. I like the Giants minus four and a half. 
You can't yeah. agree with me because you think the Texans are going to the Super Bowl still. But what? Don't you put no lies out like that. No, sir. You bet on them every week, so that's – Well, I mean, I – I, I miss bet on them every week because I, I, I should have been going first half instead of just saying, oh, plus seven against the Vegas Raiders or whatever the wild bet. Tennessee, that was a wild bet. Um, I was good on Jacksonville, though. But anyway, that's another story. Well, yeah, everyone can bet on Jackson, can bet against Jacksonville, except for me. I bet against Jacksonville, <laughs> and they decided to freaking win. It makes no gosh dang sense. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't. Well, it's the the heat is up, and let's go to rapid fire. The picks we did not pick. We will try to give these guys give these picks to you in under a minute. Well, I already talked about um, TCU plus seven for college football at UT. Uh, Alabama Ole Miss the over sixty four. Both if both Ole Miss mo run the ball. They really don't pass with Dart uh, transfer from USC. And we all know what Bama do. We already know. Rajon don't have the wide receivers this year, but he got a good running game behind him with Gibbs transfer from Georgia Tech. Washington, Oregon, under 73. I said it before. Oregon has scored over 40 points in their last seven games. I think it's going to be some defense played in this. Washington's going to play some defense. Washington's not going to let them go crazy like that. And, and watch out for Michael Penix Jr. To the pros. Texans, first half plus three against Giants. I expressed that earlier. Cardinals, Rams, under 43. Rams are the last scoring offense in the league. That's why I like the under. And Matthew Stafford just in the concussion protocol. Uh, last game for me for uh, NFL, Green Bay, five and a half versus the Dallas Cowboys, plus five and a half. Don't count out A-Rod. All right, Jay. All right, Gabe, your turn. <laughs> I'm with you on not counting out Aaron Rodgers. He just looks so bad. He just looks so bad, but I'm actually with you on that five and a half. Um, mine this week, I like Bama minus 11 and a half against Ole Miss. Uh, they're due for a bounce back game. I, I actually, I think Ole Miss is a little overrated. Uh, I like Oregon touched on that earlier, minus 13 and a half against Washington. They've been excellent since losing to Georgia. I like UNC plus three and a half against Wake Forest. Drake May has been, we don't talk about him because we don't talk about the ACC. He's been one of the best players in all of college football this year. Yep. Drake May has been awesome. Uh, so I like UNC plus three and a half against Wake Forest. The NFL, I like Buffalo minus three and a half against Minnesota. So long as Josh Allen plays, if Josh Allen does not play, take this bet off my board. Uh, I'll send you a new one if we get that news. But Josh Allen plays I like Buffalo minus three and a half. I still think Minnesota is due for a poor performance. They escaped with the win last week against Washington. Uh, like I said, I like Washington plus 11 against Philadelphia, a divisional game. And I like Miami. I don't love the hook here, but at home, minus three and a half against Cleveland. Cleveland has been one of the worst defenses in recent memory this year. And Miami, with all that speed, with Waddle and with Tyreek Hill, Tua's been playing good at the quarterback position this year. And now they have a running game with Mostert and Jeff Wilson. They got guys are comfortable with back there. I like Miami minus three and a half. I don't think this game's going to be all that close. I don't think Cleveland stops them. So I like Miami three and a half, Washington plus eleven, Buffalo minus three and a half in the NFL. I like it. I like it. And we will release these picks on our social media at Twitter at Gambling Shack G A M B L I N G S H A C K. Also, you follow us on Instagram at Gambling Shack G A M. You know how to spell Gambling Shack. And uh, I am Robert Harris Jr. I go by Bobby Beach. You can follow me on Twitter at Robo Harris Jr. Follow my main man, Gabe Myers. 
G underscore Myers 33. We will release these picks. We do not sell picks. We do this because we love it. Uh, so I want you people to, I want you guys to bet responsibly and have fun with it. And also always remember happy betting.